0: So, Joe, it's your birthday. What do you want to do for OST Party this week? Your pick. Any movie you want. Any movie soundtrack, we'll do it.
1: Ooh. Ooh. Uh, how about we do UHF?
0: Oh, um, we already did that. It was our 27th episode. Rich joined us.
1: Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, hmm. What about The Mask?
0: No. We we did that. The less said about that one, the better.
1: Uh, oh, I remember that. That was rough. Okay. Okay. Uh, Batman Forever?
0: I uh, nope. That was our second episode.
1: Damn, Jeez, have you okay. really
0: forgotten this podcast already?
1: I, I guess I have. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm kind of on a Batman kick right now, so let's let's roll with another Schumacher. Um, All right,
0: well, I got the perfect one. It's it's got bats. It's uh, guys flying around everywhere. It's it's pretty wild. We're gonna talk about the Lost Boys.
1: Uh, well, oh, I thought you were gonna say Batman and Robin.
0: Oh, why would we do that? Why wouldn't we?
1: Hello, and welcome to another fantabulous episode of the OST Party. This is a movie soundtrack podcast where movie fans and music fans get together and have a rockin' good time talking about all of your favorite movie soundtracks. Hi, my name is Joseph Wade. I'll be your host for this evening. Here with me tonight, as always, is my lovely and belligerent co-host, Libby Cudmore. Libby, what's going on?
0: Oh, well, it's, you know, it's been a week. It's been a, a lot of stuff, but how about you?
1: It certainly has been a month. The temperature is blazing, the sun is just destroying me. I can only go out at night now and Sometimes I just feel like a vampire, you know?
0: Yeah, you probably are. I mean, are are you drinking some red liquid right now?
1: I actually, you know, believe it or not, I am. How did you know?
0: <laughs> I saw it on our Twitter.
1: People can see that? Okay. Yep. Um I got to have to go take that down. Um but uh but uh, while I do that, uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, our, our movie tonight, "The Lost Boys" from 1987. Right.
0: Well, this was your pick, so I'll let you take that.
1: Okay. Well, actually, before we do that, uh, we've got a poll that we need to take care of first from our last episode. All right. Uh, where we asked you what was the best song off of the Flashdance soundtrack,
0: and in a move that should surprise no one, uh, "Maniac." Got sixty-two percent of the vote. uh Second place was Flashdance with thirty-one percent, and then Manhunt and inexplicably Lady, Lady, Lady tied at four percent. I think I was the only person who voted for Manhunt. Come on, guys! <laughs> it I can't have tied with Lady, Lady, Lady. That song is dumb.
1: I didn't even vote for Lady, Lady, Lady. Is a joke. <laughs> so somebody out there really loves it.
0: Yeah, that's that's crazy. I actually played the uh, the forty-five on uh record saturday last week.
1: yeah i saw that i saw that so
0: i dug it out of my crate it still sounds like uh like if ky jelly was a song (laughs) oh god i stand by that yikes so (laughs) but all right Yes, yeah, so let's talk about tonight's movie, The Lost Boys, and this is this is our Joel Schumacher tribute. Yes, uh,
1: we've we've already covered Batman Forever on the show, but uh, with the passing of the late great Joel Schumacher, we thought it was t- now was the appropriate time to go, but to dip back into his filmography and pull out another classic soundtrack. And well, we could have done Batman and Robin, but I'm going to save that for a special episode of Torture. But a tonight, special nightmare. A, you're a yeah, very special nightmare. Yes. <laughs> So instead, uh, we decided to go back to his, his other, other his first Batman movie to talk about the Lost <laughs> Boys, which is extremely eighties in all of the right ways.
0: <laughs> it is perhaps the most violently eighties movie we've done. We've been hanging around the eighties these last couple episodes. Obviously, we did Flashdance, we did Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So we're seeing our good friend Alex Winters again, um, and he's got a new uh, film about child actors out right now, which yeah. is appropriate. Uh, since we've got, you know, perhaps the most famous child actor of them all. In fact, two of them, the Corys, in tonight's film. I also love that it's called Showbiz Kids. Named after, uh, I presume, the Steely Dan song. So, Alex Winters, I love you.
1: Makes sense, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> hey, I gotta check that out. It sounds like a fascinating uh, uh, portrait into child yeah. actors. Which is, just it's kind of, a lot of it is really kind of sad and depressing, but also just... You see the ones that kind of made it through okay. And yeah. they, they, even those kids have like horror stories.
0: Yeah. So every yeah. once in a while, Mara Wilson, you know, brings something up. Although she's, she's a peach. I adore her. Oh, yeah. She's, she's great. very fun. She's very funny on Twitter if you don't follow her. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, all right. Well, yes. Let's talk about The Lost Boys. This is like a, a, a film that is really, really, really ingrained in people's hearts and minds. I, I mentioned I just saw it for the first time this year and people couldn't believe that I had i grown up without seeing The Lost Boys.
1: I had only just seen it this week for this episode, so you're not alone. Yeah. And yeah, people love this movie. Like this is one of those 80s movies that people idolize and I- I'm having seen it now, I'm not sure why.
0: I think you had to be there in the 80s. Maybe. So, it Maybe. You, I can see how it's it there's a sort of sort of perfect 80s boyness to it that that we'll get into. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's one of the things. I was kind of expecting this to be like the ultimate like 80s goth vampire movie. And it's kind of not that, really.
0: <laughs> no. it's <laughs> And I was kind of expecting that with the soundtrack. I was thinking like, oh, this is going to be like the, the crow, but make it 80s. Yeah.
1: And you get a little bit of that, but not too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but wow. speaking of the soundtrack, uh, I've got some interesting billboarding school stats to tell you about. Tonight.
0: Oh, I'll bet you do.
1: <laughs> so the soundtrack in the film came out the same day, July 31st, 1987. Soundtrack hit the charts at number 183 that week. The number one album in America was Whitney Houston's Whitney album.
0: Okay.
1: The top soundtrack that week was at number nine, the soundtrack to Beverly Hills Cop 2. And to tell you what kind of a movie summer that was, Beverly Hills Cop 2 was the biggest movie of the summer. Mm. And, like, it, it wasn't even close. Mm. 1987 kind of sucks. Yeah. So. Yeah. So,
0: the less said about this, the better.
1: Pretty much. But, uh, so Lost Boys actually peaked at number 15. So it was fairly popular. And it yeah. stuck around for, like, 24 weeks. When it left the charts... The number one album was Tiffany's debut album. The number one soundtrack was the soundtrack to Dirty Dancing, which had oh. been the number one album for like 10 weeks at that point.
0: Well, yeah, because it's Dirty Dancing. Fun fact, I'm blanking on the name, but the guy who wrote I've Had the Time of My Life lives like 20 miles up the road.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Yep. Ian's done some work with him. So
1: so if and when we ever do a, D- a Dirty Dancing episode, we should try and get that guy.
0: We should, because um, that's a great song. It so. is. All uh, right.
1: So yeah, the movie itself didn't make a lot of money—32 million on a 8 million budget, which is all right.
0: It's, yeah.
1: It opened in third place that weekend behind the James Bond film, The Living, The Living Daylights, which nobody remembers now, and Predator in its eighth week.
0: Hell yeah, Predator!
1: And then you've got the Lost Boys.
0: <laughs> and again, somebody pointed out that a lot of these like Halloween movies, including things like Hocus Pocus, open in the summer. Yeah. They don't release them so, like around Halloween, which this you'd think they would save this for October.
1: Yeah, really. Like even like my favorite Halloween movie, Paranorman, came out in August, and by the time Halloween rolled around that year, it was gone. And I don't understand moves like that.
0: Okay, so just I really don't. Very quick since we're talking about Halloween movies, Nightmare Before Christmas, Halloween or Christmas movie. I always watch it at Halloween. It's a Halloween movie to me.
1: It I've always watched it at Christmas. I've always Good. So I, guess, so I guess I do think of it as a Christmas movie.
0: Okay, that's fair. So, uh, all right. Well, let's get down yeah. into The Lost Boys.
1: The, the brass tacks, the nitty gritty. Yeah, right. So The Lost Boys, uh, directed by Joel Schumacher, is about uh, this f- mom and her two kids' families moving to the uh, California town of Santa Clara. San- no, I'm sorry, Santa Carla, which it's noted is the murder capital of the world.
0: Yeah, it seems which, like a nice place.
1: Yeah, it seems like it's all right. Which apparently was a real thing. Yeah, like it, the it was based either based in, it was either based on or filmed in Santa Cruz, which actually was the murder capital <laughs> of the world.
0: But because of vampires, I assume.
1: Oh, naturally, I assume yeah.
0: this is based on a true story.
1: Mm-hmm. All, all of the events <laughs> are true. This is actually an Unsolved Mysteries episode.
0: God, it's not, it's, honestly, it's not scary enough for Unsolved Mysteries.
1: No, really, it really isn't. Um, but then, the, so the older brother, Michael, who is played by Jason Patrick, Speed 2's Jason Patrick, which, which is the only way I know him, uh, is, is the, older, the older brother. And he, he immediately starts to fall into uh, this orbit, the orbit of this gang uh, led by Kiefer Sutherland.
0: That happens. I mean, yeah, because
1: that happens. Three
0: Musketeers, same thing.
1: But uh, so Michael is obsessed with the girl of the group, uh, played by Jamie Gertz. Well, and he...
0: that's arguable.
1: Well, at first. <laughs> that's, she's the one who catches his eye at first. He's She's the one he chases at first. But as he gets into this group, his younger brother, Sam, played by Corey Haim, uh, falls in with this pair of brothers who run a comic book shop and are the frog brothers who are notionally vampire hunters (laughs) and as michael becomes one of the vampire gang sam has to wrestle with whether or not he has it in himself to murder his vampire brother
0: (laughs) if my vampire brother was as lame as michael i probably would absolutely murder him i'd let cory feldman help
1: (laughs) yeah pretty much um (laughs) The first, like my first impression of this movie was, it. So I didn't want to be like on Sam's side in this because Sam is really a dork.
0: Yeah, he really is. But it
1: really is kind of Sam's movie, isn't it?
0: I like to think that it is, uh, the Frog Brothers movie. Personally, they're my favorite. So (laughs) oh, they're the best. I love Edgar Frog. Uh, He's it is Edgar Frog is played by uh, by our friend Corey Feldman. No relation yes. to my family. Um so we were Feldmans for a time. And uh and his brother uh Alan, Jameson Newlander. So,
1: Edgar and Alan, yes. Yes.
0: Um Yeah, they, I mean I I kind of just want to see their movie.
1: Yeah, and in, like I get the sense that this was their movie at one point, because this is this is a Richard Donner like production. Mm-hmm. And so he famously directed the Goonies. So, like for a, a, a long stretch of this movie, it's basically the Goonies. <laughs> and then there's vampires.
0: <laughs> which is that's kind of a great, like slightly more grown-up. This is a PG-13 Goonies. Yeah. Which I kind of take. Like you start with the Goonies and then you move to the Lost Boys.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a good transition. But and, but plus then you kind of move into Michael's story, which is like it's like the movie's trying to be sexier and trying to be more provocative than I think the script has room for. Mm-hmm and if i'm being honest i wanted more of that like i feel like joel schumacher saw that and was trying to push that well i wanted more of that in
0: it yeah and there's actually a lot to mine from that on as far as as metaphors about puberty about homosexuality in the you know time of the aids crisis about Mm -hmm. virginity it's really there's there's a lot and it does get really kind of shortchanged
1: so yeah it doesn't get room to breathe yeah We'll get into that. that. So, the first song we hear is Cry Little Sister by Gerard McMahon. Let's go to a clip. Beats like a drum
0: deep in your
1: So the first note that I wrote for the song was, and I quote, fuck this song rules. (laughs) And then I heard it 10 more times. And now I don't think that anymore.
0: Yeah, it's I'm sure that at the the time it was very innovative on the goth scene.
1: Yeah, I get that sense.
0: But for me, listening to it in 2020, it just I, I can't divorce it from that. It sounds like a hot topic.
1: Yeah, just it the silliness kind of bleeds through. Yeah,
0: and I don't I don't wanna think that. Um uh, because obviously like I recognize that it's important. Yeah. But it just doesn't work. Although I like kind of the like little church voices that they do there.
1: Yeah, That's yeah. It's
0: really, really, really creepy, especially when you meet kind of the little kid vampire. You can kind of tie yeah. those two things together.
1: That's true. I hadn't thought about that.
0: Wow. Um, this song is covered by, like, everybody. Marilyn mm-hmm. Manson covered it.
1: There's a fun story related to that. Can I tell you? Yes, please. He recorded his cover two years ago for the movie The New Mutants, which has been delayed like ten times and still hasn't come out yet.
0: That's amazing.
1: And it was supposed to come out next month, and it got delayed again. Ha-ha. Because of COVID-19. <laughs> So his cover for a movie that's never come out is is clanging around out there. It's out there. But the movie, eh, who knows?
0: It's like, it's, it will never grow old.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the New Mutants will never grow Oh, it's beautiful.
0: Yeah. And this song is actually also covered by the band Aiden for The Lost Boys, The Tribe, in
1: 2008. Oh, yeah. So this yeah. has stayed with
0: The Lost Boys uh, throughout.
1: There is, there's a whole franchise now.
0: Yes, there is. So, which doesn't need, it's like... <laughs> It's the crow for children. <laughs> Unnecessary. Although oh. I did find out that uh, my boyfriend, Walton Goggins, is in the third crow movie. And now i like, God damn it, well, now I gotta see it.
1: Now we have to cover that on the podcast. We're
0: not going to I'm do sure that. I'm sure the
1: soundtrack's amazing. No,
0: we're not going to do that. Although the second one had Hole covering uh, Gold Dust Woman. Mm. So, I...
1: But, yeah, this this song's been covered by everybody from, you know, Marilyn Manson to Tangerine Dream to Dee Snider from Twisted Sister. Like, mm. it's it's everywhere.
0: Yeah. No, this one, and I know, like, every Jet X dude, like, in my feed is going to be freaking out because I said I didn't, like, cry little sister. But it's just not for <laughs> me. I recognize I recognize it. Not for me.
1: It works in the movie.
0: Yes, I will agree. It works
1: very well in the movie. But outside of it, it's pretty silly.
0: Yeah. It's extreme, although it, it's not even the silliest song on here. Oh
1: no. You no, know, we haven't oh, no, no, even no. begun
0: to get to the silliness here. Yeah, no. so
1: Next we see, um, or actually, when that song plays is like the first vignette we see of David and his gang uh, murdering a security guard.:
0: Yes, and uh, we actually have two songs in here, because we also have uh to the Shock of Miss Louise.
1: Oh, is geez, playing yeah.
0: on the merry-go-round. And so uh David, which is a really stupid vampire name, can we all agree there?
1: Well, what's a good vampire name?
0: Uh Nandor. Okay. That's a great vampire name. Even like Edward is a good vampire name. It's just like, "Huh, David the vampire." Like <laughs> Are you really going to take a vampire name David seriously? Are you really going to get okay. yourself like let yourself get bitten in the neck? Like can you imagine just going to like vampire conventions or whatever and being like, "Oh, I was bitten by, you know, I I can't even think of the vampires on what we do in the shadows now. I know Nandor is one of them. Uh Laszlo." And other people being like, "Oh, and I was bitten by, you know, this guy." And you're like, "I was bitten by David."
1: That's okay, that's fair. Hey, you know what? You know a good way to cut a vampire's Ego, call him Dave.
0: Yeah, just like Dave the Vampire. Dave, (laughs) who Dave? And also because Kiefer Sutherland as David, again, aggressively Mm eighties, with like kind of that eighties punk. Yeah, and so that his name isn't like Slash, Bite, or Razorface. It's just Dave. Like Dave, my I have a friend named Dave. Dave wears khakis on the weekend. (laughs) Dave is a city council member. He's not a vampire.
1: Yeah, my next door neighbor's name is Dave, and yeah, no, that guy's not a
0: vampire. Yeah. so <laughs> sorry, Dave. I you're a great guy, but you're not a vampire.
1: A- a- apologies to the Daves of the world.
0: <laughs> yeah, so um, but I,
1: the, what then? We move on from that. Well, I'm, actually, I actually want to talk about the okay. to the
0: shock of Miss Louise a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um. So this one, it's a Calliope music, so it's like organ music from hell. Yeah, it's,
1: yeah, yeah. And
0: it's playing. They are wandering around. Uh, on a merry-go-round which is strangely populated by adults which just strikes me as very odd um and they pause to grope a girl who they will later murder her and her boyfriend while they're reading comics in the car Mm -hmm. and it's just one of those things like look i don't know how long dave and his crew of nerd vampires has been around you'd think they'd be around long enough to understand consent They really should not have, like, groped that lady. And then they're mad that, like, they get thrown off. Like, come on. You guys knew better.
1: I can't say no to that. Yeah.
0: Just because you're vampires doesn't (laughs) mean that you have to disobey the rules that govern society. Don't touch Uh, ladies.
1: Uh, Excuse me, man. (laughs) But being a vampire means you get to disobey the rules of society. It means you get to disobey the rules of physics, too, by the way. I
0: guess. But I just feel like if you, you know, you might just want to be nice to people. I would probably be, like, a nice vampire. Like, sorry, I have to kill you, but...
1: I Why can't vampires just be nice to people? I just... Libby more 2020. <laughs>
0: yes. I just feel like they shouldn't grope ladies. It's rude.
1: I agree, honestly. I mean, they're
0: just living. I don't get mad that mosquitoes are biting me. It's just like, that's just their nature, but they don't have to be assholes, is what I'm saying. If a mosquito <laughs> tried to, like, grope my husband, I'd be mad at it.
1: You would slap that mosquito. I
0: <laughs> would, and I just feel like Maybe David should have not groped her. Probably not. (laughs) What a jerk. What a jerky vampire. Yes. Um, And they do this to uh, Thomas Newman's To the Shock of Miss Louise, which uh, my friend Matthew wanted me to point out that that went on many, many, many Gen X mixtapes because it's so short. And if you put that on the end of a mixtape for me, I probably would not go out with you. (laughs) You put fucking Calliope music on a mixtape for me, I'd be like... I'm going to find a dude who likes Elvis Costello. It's 1987, and I do not have fucking time for this.
1: If you put calliope music on a mixtape, you had better be Pee-wee Herman.
0: Yeah, see, Pee-wee Herman can get away with it.
1: That's the only excuse.
0: Yeah, good point. Okay, so I retract my claim, unless you're Pee-wee Herman.
1: Unless you're Pee-wee Herman, in which case it's a it is.
0: <laughs> Precious. So, yes, then they go and feed on a security card.
1: So then the next scene is the next day, and... Um... Michael and Sam and their mom are moving into town.
0: And their And mom then Mom s- is played by Diane Weiss, who is precious and adorable and perfect and we love her.
1: Oh, oh she's the she's best. She's fantastic in she's this so movie.
0: She's so cute. She's so cute in everything.
1: She so. is. From Edward Scissorhands to this to
0: Actually, we just rewatched The Birdcage because I'm on, like a real Hank Azaria kick and I mm-hmm. uh, She's cute in that, too. She just like has a little button face.
1: And also, yeah, and in um, a show called Kingdom Hospital, which I th- I'm pretty sure I've referenced on this show before.
0: Which is not Kingdom Hearts. Am I still correct on that?
1: It is. You are still okay. correct on that. No. Okay. She is. She plays like the uh, the resident old lady uh, who can speak to ghosts at the hospital.
0: Honestly, she probably can not speak to ghosts, <gasps> she but probably, probably only could. ghost dogs.
1: Oh, she can only talk to Forrest Whitaker. That's a dog. <laughs> You know, for as much as I talk about Kingdom Hospital on this show, you'd think I would know it was Diane Ladd and not Diane Weest. Don't at me. But as they drive into town, <laughs> we, we hear uh, the next song on our soundtrack, which is um, Echo and the Buddyman covering the doors. People are strange.
0: Yes. So let's go to a clip. Well, People are strange. Yeah, I really, I wanted to love it because I do, I keep wanting to love Echo and the Bunnymen more than I do, because the Echo and the Bunnymen songs that I love, like The Cutter and Bring on the Dancing Horses, are amazing. There's just something about them that doesn't land, and this is no exception, because I love People Are Strange. I'm not a huge fan of The Doors, uh, Mm -hmm. but I do love this song, because it's odd and, and unsettling, and
1: yeah, slightly sinister. Yes. and it again, it works really well for this.
0: Yes, movie. but this version sounds like just every band that covers it. It's kind of soulless. <laughs> it's a little lifeless, and I just expected better from Echo and the Bunnymen. I I mm. would have liked something a little more. I don't want to say gothy because they're not the Cure, but I would have, I would have liked them to do something different with it rather than just kind of have a straight performance.
1: Yeah, like do it in like a more of a minor chord or make it meaner, I guess. Yeah. There's only really not, not a whole lot you can do with it though, I think. Yeah,
0: but I feel like they could have they could have at least tried.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, it's just it's it's have.
0: pretty soulless, uh which is disappointing.
1: But I, I I really like the way they use it in the movie. Yes. Where it's when they're coming into town and you get that montage of just weird people hanging around at the, the carnival or the fair or whatever that is. And then you see like these, these like punks just hanging out. And then you see all of the missing person signs being posted all over town. Yeah. Of all the people that the vampires have murdered. Yeah,
0: because the vampires uh, wanted to write a video. When they found out that they couldn't, they bit the president. They had to grab the president's head onto the gorilla's body to save him from becoming a vampire.
1: Libby, you, you say that, but where's the next place we see the vampires?
0: <laughs>
1: At the video store.
0: I know. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was laughing because I couldn't stop like hearing that. That monologue in my head. <laughs> so, um, it's
1: a reference for like two people, and they're both on this podcast. Yes,
0: well, and and our friends from the Secret of Sailor Madness.
1: Yes, of course. So,
0: um, just you know, while we're in the amusement park, what was your favorite amusement park ride? That was put together by junkies <laughs> <Chuck> and <Eason> alcoholics.
1: <laughs> I always like the one where you you stand up on the thing, and then it starts to spin, and it pushes you against the wall.
0: I've never been on that one. I'm too scared.
1: I weigh enough that I'm not worried about flying off, (laughs) and it's a lot of fun for me. What about you?
0: uh, I really like flying bobs.
1: Mm, okay.
0: So, uh, and then the Scrambler as well. And they used to have a Scrambler, uh, what is now a Six Flags, but uh, the Great Escape, uh, and it was called Chipper's Mystery Ride. And it was in a dome, and it was completely black, and they'd have, like, black lights and play Magic Carpet Ride over, you know, busted stereo speakers from 1975. It was the best. Yeah, so. Oh, man. I'm sure now it's called, like, Spider-Man's, like, awesome Bugs Bunny extravaganza bar for something stupid, (laughs) but Chipper's Mystery Ride, forever in our hearts. Mm Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, in the with the street scenes, like we've talked about with Nine and a Half Weeks and with Flashdance, like really seeing the grittiness, the hideousness of like this, of the murder capital of the world, that it's, it does spend a lot of time weirdly on women's butts.
1: That's true. I think the 80s just in general spent a lot of time on women's butts.
0: Yeah, but Joel Schumacher just doesn't strike me as the type. Focus on women's butts.
1: Listen, you got to practice on some butts before you can start shooting men's butts. in Batman I
0: guess, movies. I guess. So
1: He didn't just jump out of the gate with that
0: one. <laughs> he had to
1: practice <laughs> first.
0: So Aww. there were a lot of women's butts in the 80s to look at. That, that's true. So uh, we also we then go to uh, the grandpa's house. Yes. Which is not only creepy, but he's a weird jerk. You have a TV? No, I just like to read the TV guide read the TV guide
1: You don't need a TV. He's a complete weirdo and I yeah. like he's a taxidermist and uh, he's got like a bunch of hobbies and oh, Yeah, man.
0: at one point he gives Sam a taxidermied uh beaver?
1: I think so, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, uh, I actually have a story about that. Okay. So, um my I guess stepfather in law, also named David. He, one year, we're up there for, uh, we celebrate Yule with them. Mm -hmm. And he gave Ian, he's like, okay, you can have your choice of presents. I have something for you. Uh, If you don't like it, I'll give you something else. Okay. And he, Gave Ian a box, and Ian opened the box, and in the box was... It wasn't a taxidermied woodchuck so much as it was this, like, desiccated, dried-out woodchuck husk. And I guess it had gotten trapped in the chimney and had, like, mummified. And my husband collects skulls and things, but this was beyond the pale. And Ian was like... Um, uh, okay, um, uh, thank you, but I think I'm gonna go with whatever is behind door number two, which was actually like a vintage like mercedes hood ornament. What the hell? I know it was it was the weirdest thing anyone has ever given anybody in our family ever, and it is Ian's favorite story to tell. I should have just brought him up from the basement to tell it, <laughs> but um but then, a couple of years later, my mom had surgery and I think she was on a lot of painkillers because she called me to tell me that she had bought the best present for my husband because he's her favorite. And I mean, like, and I, I say that not like he's her favorite son-in-law because she's got 3 um, not counting Ian, I guess. So she's got four. Um, But he's her favorite. Like if we split up, she's keeping him. She's very excited about this present. She gives it to him for Hanukkah. And it is a taxidermied cane toad playing a guitar.
1: Oh, my God.
0: And we love it. Its name is Dennis Hopper. Although I would have gone with Kenny Froggins. And <laughs> <laughs> it is the pride of our home. <laughs> oh,
1: good Lord.
0: I will post a picture of, of Dennis Hopper. But now I'm realizing she, she's like, she said she wanted to get the one with the saxophone. But it was sold out, so she had to go with the one with the guitar. So oh that God. is my experience with taxidermy.
1: Kenny Froggins is now the official uh, mascot of this podcast, and I will have <laughs> none of it.
0: I know. I need to get a Kenny Froggins. So, yeah, you do. Yeah, so, you do. Yes.
1: If we ever redesign our logo, <laughs> that's it.
0: It's just going to be Kenny Froggins. Kenny
1: Froggins.
0: <laughs> He's delightful. <sighs> He's in our living room right now. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, that's my, my weird taxidermy story. <laughs> Top that as we go into uh, Tim Capello's I Still Believe. Speaking I can't. of sexy sex, guys.
1: I can't, so let's just jump straight into it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to the storms,
1: through Christ. Oh, man
0: yes Tim Capello here's a fun fact for you you'll appreciate this okay he played on uh, Tina Turner's We Don't Need Another Hero from Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome
1: whoa is, whoa whoa what yes. really yes,
0: yes. oh so my god for more of Joe's thoughts on uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome please see our episode on uh, our top 10 80s countdown
1: and please visit our Twitter account where we have mentioned this very recently
0: yes so, Sax Guy is the best part of this film and possibly uh-huh. the best part of any film ever.
1: The 80s peaked exactly right here. <laughs>
0: yes. They it came was all downhill. Yes. To the, the moment they had been building for, which is uh, Tim Capello just playing the fuck out of the saxophone while he is oiled up and there are flames.
1: Yeah, he is he's either oiled up or he's extremely sweaty. Either answer. Ugh, he's oiled oh. up. All right, whatever. Yeah. But so, he's he's rocking out like crazy.
0: Yes. So, um this is actually a cover of a song by The Call and a lot of these uh we haven't talked about under the covers lately. Um but half the songs on here are covers, so there. This yep, is part yep. of our Under the Cover series, That's as far as I'm going with it.
1: I mean, this album, this album is part of our Under the Cover series.
0: Yes. So, I love this song.
1: Oh, it's fantastic.
0: I love what he does with it.
1: Mm-hmm. Much better.
0: I try, Again, I tried to get into the call and just couldn't do it. So, um, I think I said as that much, album off to somebody. Yeah.
1: Else. I, as much as I love the sax in this, I almost love the synth more. Yeah, the synth is really working hard.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's got the '80s vibrato, and of course the obligatory '80s sax.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's
0: really, it's very smooth, but it also rocks. It's got that yeah. like I'm tough but sensitive, tightrope. The '80s guys just walked.
1: Yeah, it's it's that kind of edgy sort of like pop rock that was real big in the mid mid to late '80s. That like apparently yeah. everybody was listening to.
0: Yeah, like I'm her- a bad boy. But I'm sensitive.
1: Yeah. Like, I'm a bad
0: boy you can take home to your mom, because I sound like like if Chicago was badass.
1: <laughs> oh, just picture that for a moment.
0: Yeah. Just think about that. Mm. Just picture an oiled up, uh, like, okay. Michael Bolton type.
1: Or just Michael Bolton.
0: Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow.
1: <And that>, uh- <laughs> imagine Kenny G playing this song
0: yes that would rule actually oh man kind of here for it so but yeah that's um that's Tim Capello
1: yeah so Michael and Sam go to see uh Tim Capello play this song on the boardwalk (laughs) and that's where Michael sees uh, what's her name star her name name is is star Star. and he sees her and she kind of lures him away from the concert and then um Michael and Sam split up Sam meets the Frog Brothers, Michael meets uh, David's gang, and they go and race motorcycles on the beach, which seems really dangerous.
0: Yeah, because I don't think, I mean, like, David's motorcycle seems to have the right treads for it, but Michael's doesn't, and I'm really surprised he doesn't take a fucking header.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, he almost goes over a cliff, so.
0: Uh, unfortunately, he doesn't, though. Although, uh, side note, um, I just read a press release from our state police, where they had a fatal motorcycle accident because the guy was riding an unregistered homemade motorcycle <sighs> and surprise oh, wow. died
1: <laughs> oh
0: it's just like how did you think that was gonna go buddy
1: <laughs> a homemade motorcycle i mean more power to you if you can make one but you if gotta you make can, it street yeah, legal. Exactly,
0: like you really want to try that out <laughs> so um I want to talk about the Frog Brothers, because I think yeah. Corey Feldman has a, an incredibly compelling face, and okay. I mean, there's something about him, and I, I can see why people cast him, even though he's not very good, because he is determined to have this super gruff voice. He's like four foot nine.
1: But you know what? I kind of love it, because you can tell uh, Corey Feldman in this film, he's acting. He's
0: acting so hard. He's like he's... he's doing a Batman voice. Like we should have cast teenage Corey Feldman like a like Batman. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. I know. <laughs> uh, but um uh, he's like the... what,
1: sixteen in this movie and all he's trying so hard.
0: I know, he's really tiny little Corey Feldman with his little adorable face. I uh, and uh Sam is just kind of being a dick about comic books and explaining like different uh, Superman comics, and probably because he's just waiting for the internet to be invented so he can mansplain comics to girls. Look, you can't put the Superman number 77s with the 200s. They haven't even discovered Red Kryptonite yet. And you uh, you can't put the number 98s with the 300s. Laurie Lamaris hasn't even been introduced.
1: Where the hell are you from, Krypton?
0: Phoenix, actually.
1: Well, he's explaining to them like why you can't put... Uh Superman issues it, out of like chronological order like like that matters at a store.
0: Yeah, shut the fuck up, child. Shut up.
1: Yeah, and then they and then the Frog Brothers like throw him a uh, vampire comic called Vampires Everywhere. They're like, here, you, this could save your life someday.
0: This could save your life someday. Get this it? Chain smoker voice. <laughs> <laughs> but um uh. Meanwhile, um uh, also the vampires have murdered the uh the merry-go-round teens. While they're yes. reading comics. And that's why your parents warned you not to read comic books.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, you never know when a vampire is going to tear the roof off your car and then pull you up into the sky.
0: Yes. so It
1: happens every day. Mm-hmm. And by day, I mean night.
0: Yes. Let that be a warning to you. And this is where we get, uh, we have two songs mm-hmm. coming in here. So let's start with uh, with In Excess uh, with Good Times.
1: Good Times. Yeah.
0: yeah. And this is a... Uh, in excess with Jimmy Barnes, actually.
1: Now I'm a little confused here. Cause on the soundtrack it says Jimmy Barnes with in excess. And not the other way around. And I don't know what that means.
0: Yeah, I'm not really sure either, because he's from Cold Chisel. I think it's supposed to be In Excess um, with Jimmy Barnes. And they're covering, actually, uh, a Easy Beats song. Mm-hmm. So this is, again, another Under the Covers entry. Um, so I'm going to credit this one to In Excess. Okay. So, um, what do you think of this one? It's
1: it's all right. <laughs> I I don't love it this time. I love it the second time they play it in the movie, but we'll get there in a bit.
0: Yeah. Um, but
1: it's, I don't know, it's pretty, something about it strikes me as just very generic, like, 80s rock music.
0: Yeah, it's got, like, a little bit of twangy, but it's got that, like, hard rock kick. And honestly, though, if you played this for me right now, I would not think, you know what, that should be a teenage vampire film.
1: Yeah, or I wouldn't even think, oh, yeah, that's totally NXS.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's kind of what's amazing about NXS is they have done everything they've done you know uh new wave pub rock alternative rock funk dance elements that's a huge swath that's pretty impressive
1: yeah that's like especially now nowadays when they're more known for songs like um a need you tonight like that's a very specific niche but that's not all that they could do yeah and to hear it here it's like that's really in excess I didn't know that
0: yeah, so, and I I really like uh, Jimmy Barnes. I think he really adds a lot to it. I actually like the other song they knew better on the soundtrack.
1: Yeah, but I'm I'm a fan of the other song too. Yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> um, this sounds very ac which made sense. Um, because the Easy Beats rhythm guitarist was George Young, brother of Angus oh, and Malcolm. Okay. So, but yeah, this is just like one of those like extremely 1987 songs, and this honestly would not have sounded out of place on Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure.
1: Yeah, or even Roadhouse.
0: Yeah, it's a little too rock and roll for Roadhouse, though. Yeah. It it might upset the chickens, I don't know. (laughs) Fair enough. So. Fair enough. (laughs) But I love also that this is what was considered hard rock in the 80s.
1: Yeah, it's that, that that little window before, like, glam metal took over. And it's like, oh, this is just kind of adorable.
0: Yeah, it's like, there's not a rap breakdown in sight. Like, now when we think about hard rock, it's like bands like Clutch. Ugh. Ew. Ugh. God, they used to play Clutch all the time when I worked at, at FYE, and it made me want to. It was so bad that I blocked it out of my memory and, like, found a note that I had written about how much I hate them, and it all came flooding back.
1: I mean, even at this point, I would take Clutch over, you know, rock music today because it, rock music today is what? Imagine Dragons?
0: I will or, not imagine dragons.
1: Uh, I I, I, don't, I don't even know another me. rock band right now. Twenty One Pilots?
0: Yeah, you're I, a thousand years old. I just want you to know that
1: I, I'm a grandpa now, and it's fine.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah, we also have uh, as they're riding motorcycles. We also have uh, Lou Graham's Lost in the Shadows.
1: Ah, yes
0: so let's talk about that actually let's go to a clip of that one because that's like that's for this movie This makes sense. you got that, like, 80s glam with that, like, dark polish over the top. And they got, like, lyrics like, here comes the night, bedroom shadows, candlelight. Like, that's extremely, like, we think of, like, vampire lore. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. it's a-
1: And the thing that blew my mind about this song, this is the song that got the music video for the movie.
0: Yeah, which is weird because you think Cry Little Sister would have. Yeah, exactly. Or I Still Believe.
1: Yeah, really. I mean, sex guy, music video, come on.
0: Yeah, that's a natural.
1: But just the way that things kind of filter down through the years and you mix them up and you forget about it. And I think I even said this wrong on the last episode. I honestly thought that the Duran Duran song, Wild Boys, was from this movie. And I was way wrong.
0: That's actually amazing.
1: Because <laughs> like, I've seen that video before and I know, I know that song. And I'm like, oh, that's obviously from Lost Boys. Nope, not a bit.
0: Not even close.
1: <laughs> not even close.
0: Oh, years earlier. Um, So... Lou Graham is the original lead singer of Foreigner. And oh, okay. This is my favorite story to tell. This is one of my favorite concert stories. Um, I saw Foreigner here in Oneonta. They have what they call the hospice benefit. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, they call it Celebrity Party. It's no longer hospice. but um, And they would bring a band long past their prime. And it was neat because you could either pay, like, 200 bucks and have dinner and go to an auction and things like that you can pay 35 bucks and sit on the lawn and among the bands they have brought um they had zz top a couple years mm-hmm. ago um they've had pat benatar they've had um god who else there's been a couple like pretty good bands i um, they also had foreigner and now you have to understand foreigners lineup. Has changed so much that I think the only person with like any sort of ties to the band is like the bass player's cousin might play the bass now. I don't know. They've so gone it's through. Kind
1: a... of, it's kind of like the the Temptations nowadays. Like they're, none of them there are the original ones, but they're all kind of related.
0: Yeah. So, um my husband admitted that he kind of liked. I don't even know. It was like Jukebox Hero or like one a couple foreigner songs. So as a joke, I put in our names for like a free drawing for tickets. And because God has a really funny sense of humor. We actually won two free lawn <laughs> tickets to see Foreigner.
1: That's amazing.
0: So we get there. We're on the lawn, like 200 miles from the tent, and everyone there has been drinking since noon. We and we're like back there with all like the like wild, you know, mom's night out, mm-hmm. and we're sitting on a blanket. And the dude from Foreigner is just like, dude from foreigner foreigning it or up. <laughs> I don't even know how to say that. Foreigning it up. He's got like the vest and like the shirt that's unbuttoned to the navel and all the scars. And at one point he says, you know, I don't know if it's the water here in one Iyanta that makes the latest so beautiful. And they're all like, <laughs> so let me ask you out there, are there ladies who like to have a good time? And they're like, Wah! and then he says, oh, I don't think you heard me. Are there any ladies who like dirty white boys? And then he starts singing dirty white boys. <laughs> and at this point, I'm flat out on the ground. I'm laughing so hard.
1: Oh no. My husband's like, you're going to
0: get us all beat up. So we left, I think after they played Jukebox Hero. So we're like, okay, we've heard the four foreigner songs we know. <laughs> it remains my greatest concert experience. Oh. And I really, I, I want Oniata, my beautiful hometown, to change their motto from city of the hills to the water here makes the ladies so beautiful. Dude <laughs> from foreigner.
1: Oh. Oh, boy. It's my
0: favorite story. <laughs> I love when people mispronounce our town's name. Oh. So you know they're not from here.
1: That reminds me of the time that I saw Paul McCartney at, at in in Raleigh and oh he came up on the stage and the first thing he says is um It's great to be back here in Raleigh. And everybody cheered and everyone's like what <laughs> where <laughs> where is where are you Where are we? Raleigh, what?
0: I would just start calling it that ironically. Forever. I mean Paul
1: McCartney said so, it must be true. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. So <laughs> So um,
1: this music video also, by the way, the Lou Graham one, not the not the uh, Duran Duran one that definitely is not related, uh, is pretty wild because it's basically Lou Graham in a cage that everyone is dancing on. And it's like he's sing fighting at uh, I think he's sing fighting. at. I can't tell if he's sing fighting at David or if it's just like, you know, movie footage cut back and forth, but it looks like he's sing fighting at David. Either um, way, it's great.
0: <laughs> yes. Because he's is. like
1: singing in a cage and the cage is apparently on fire.
0: <laughs> is Tim Capello there with his fire sacks?
1: Um, no, it doesn't look like it. No. Damn. Which is a damn shame.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that's yeah, that's <laughs> lost in the shadows. Yeah. Which I think it's due for uh, an, up- an upgrade. Like somebody should do a cover of it
1: it's one of the yeah it's definitely one of the highlights of the uh the album
0: yeah of the movie too by the dude from foreigner
1: well i mean you know i don't know <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> i don't know what to say about it I mean, yeah even even the arena rock guys can can still bang out a good hit every once in a while
0: oh yeah now here it's 1987 still schumacher's the lost boys
1: of course yes but uh so michael has has been led to david and his gang's hideout
0: It's just a decaying resort that fell into a fault line. Yeah. (laughs) It's not a vampire house. It's a vampire home.
1: (laughs) This mess is a place, (laughs) yeah. Where they feed him Chinese food that is, in fact, a box of maggots.
0: But then it's also Chinese food. It's also just
1: Chinese food. They change
0: it back and forth. And this scene has been parodied and used in other vampires, uh, like vampire lore and vampire cinema. Most notably, uh, what we do in the shadows.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So... (laughs) Nick, eat the biscotti. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it should be noted that Michael is a slack-jawed dummy. He is just probably the dumbest character we have had here on OST Party. Oh, yeah. And we've done a Chris Farley vehicle, so I mean, he's a dum-dum.
1: We've, we've seen some grade-A dum-dums, but this one takes the cake.
0: Yeah, because he's, you know... These guys are just being assholes and he's still just hanging around there. Like, it's not like you're going to be able to bone star, like, while they're all sitting there. And anyway, everyone knows that it's all about David.
1: Right. I mean, let's But even real. then, even then, what does Michael think he's going to do? Like, is he going to show them who's the boss?
0: I don't like, know.
1: What is his game plan?
0: Yeah, I'm not really entirely sure. Like, is he's it, just going to, like, hang out with some weird dudes and, like. Does he, does he, he just want to be
1: cool? Is I that guess. It?
0: I guess. It's, like, about fitting in. And it's interesting. I mean, there's been some great writing about this, and they talk about, um, you know, especially Reagan era, and this, like, oh, the dissolution of the family is what's causing problems. And I guess you could argue that you know, he's be raised by a single mother, and then he becomes a vampire, so are they parodying that problem, or are they opening up for discussion? I don't know. Yeah, but there's yeah. a sense that, like, he wants, he's looking for family. Um, yeah, and
1: and you see that a lot in, in these kinds of movies, like the the sort of the found family among, like, punk loner types. Yes. I mean, that's even going back to, like, Repo Man. We saw that. Mm-hmm. But it's just that kind of, um, that kind of look, that kind of aesthetic. Like, even the punk rock people are kind of separate from the vampires in this movie.
0: Yes. But um, at one point, so he's eating the Chinese food that may or may not be maggots or worms. And... They hand him an incredibly fancy bottle and say, drink some of this, Michael. They say his name constantly.
1: Very uh, sarcastically.
0: And only David speaks. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Even when you see Alex Winter gets his one line, it's like, goodnight, Michael, or something like that. Yeah. All I could think of when he's like, drink some of this, Michael, was uh, the room with Lisa being like, if you love me, you'll drink this. See,
1: I, I i every anytime someone addresses Michael, I always think of arrested development,
0: yes, it's
1: like kiddies like say goodbye to these Michael. <laughs> I'm
0: Holy just really surprised up. they didn't uh didn't say like you know what's the matter with this Chinese food Michael you chicken and they're like Or when they're on the train tracks, but um they're I gotta say oh they're really not choosy about who they make into vampires,
1: yeah 'cause they they really kind of hate Michael, don't they but they're, they're all about put, uh, allowing him into the gang.
0: I guess, but he's, again, he's just the dumbest, slack-jawed yokel. And meanwhile, Star is like, don't drink that, it's blood. He's like, whatever, you're a woman. I don't have to listen to you. And so he drinks it. And guess what? It's blood. And he becomes a vampire
1: yeah and i mean of course that's you know that's every anytime you watch a vampire or anything you always have to look look for those references to dracula and like that's totally like that's the scene in dracula where he offers harker the wine he's like oh i or dracula goes oh i never drink wine
0: yeah. so I'll,
1: oh maybe it's not wine is it yeah so
0: um and you know there's like a like hazy scene in which i assume that uh david and michael have sex because that is a come hither look
1: is this before or after they uh do the the train scene? This is
0: before. This is like okay. during the hazy montage.
1: Right, right, right. Okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, really. And the other I mean, Michael just really gives into pressure. Like he yields like a down pillow.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's just like drink this, okay.
1: He's under David's spell at that point.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, if you look like Keith Su- Kefer Sutherland in the eighties, you would probably fall under a spell too. Yeah. Even I with mean, his weird vampire mullet.
1: How could you not tell him where the bomb was?
0: Yeah, <laughs> really harping on twenty four.
1: I, I just that's all the all the all the Keeper Sutherland jokes I know.
0: So uh, come on, the so Three Musketeers. Uh. You've never seen the Three Musketeers? Nope. Oh, you're missing out. Oh, it's so good. Charlie Sheen, yeah. Oliver yeah. Platt, yes. Keeper okay. Sutherland, Jury's still out. And a song by Brian Adams, Sting, and Rod Stewart.
1: Whoa.
0: Yeah. All for Love is a fucking jam. It shouldn't work, but it does. I'm pretty sure Sting's wearing a dress in the video, and I danced to it at my wedding. That's a story for when we do The Three Musketeers, which we won't. There's only one song on it, but.
1: Well, we'll have to save that for a special occasion. Yeah. While Michael is succumbing to the vamp to David's vampire spell, we hear "cry little children" one more time,
0: <sighs> because
1: like this, this oh, movie boy. just loves this song.
0: It's the too much of a good thing of it Lost is. Boys.
1: It is.
0: And it loves that that-
1: song today. Oh boy! And then, um, then we get the train scene, right? Yes. Okay. Where uh, David and his gang take Michael to uh, this underpass underneath a train track, and they're all hanging on to, fr- to the bottom of the train track. while
0: the We train... get Alex Winter's one line.
1: Yeah. Come on, Michael. <laughs> or something like that. And they're all hanging on, and they're all one by one. They all drop to the, uh, in- into the fog, into yes, the unseen the s- below. And it occurred to me, I've seen this scene before someplace else, and I had to go look it up. And there's a movie from, like, 2010 called Sunshine Cleaning. Yes. Which is, are you familiar with this movie?
0: I haven't seen it, but I know of it, yes.
1: Amy Adams, uh, Emily Blunt. But it's not about vampires, but there's definitely a scene where Emily Blunt takes someone and, like, stands underneath a train track and holds it like that. To, like, experience the thrill of, you know, whatever a train does to you. That's the only other movie I've ever seen anyone do this in. So it must be a reference to The Lost Boys.
0: Yeah, that's weird. So For basically
1: huh. no reason. Yeah. Unless it's a coincidence.
0: I don't think it is.
1: Probably not. <laughs> um but then it's at this point that Michael really has kind of succumbed to the vampire spell. He's they've done the thing where they drop down into the into the uh the unknown. So presumably Michael can fly now.
0: Yes. Um uh, <laughs> Also, and then he wakes up in his bed on. Here's a fun fact: when you become a vampire, you get an earring, just one. Yeah, but you just get one. an earring.
1: And you know, given the, the the subtext of the movie, I did have to go and look up what the one earring was supposed to signify. And Michael's earring is on the le- on the. Let's see, now I have to go look this up and make sure it's on the left side. It's on the left side, which signifies that he is in fact a hetero male.
0: Sure he is.
1: I guess that's a way for the vampires to know. I that guess? he's only into star,
0: I uh, yeah sure sure well, uh, I mean again this was 1987 so right. you couldn't just have something you couldn't have a a gay male lead so it's all about subtext
1: right but this was also in in the era when like that one earring on the right on the correct ear actually meant something
0: yeah so, so well like, I think yeah they probably couldn't put it on the other ear
1: uh, well again you yeah.
0: would know so uh, the
1: right the right people would know yes. But yeah, so then then we get this the long stretch of the film where Michael kind of sort of tries to attack his brother and eat him.
0: Which honestly, his brother's a little shit, wouldn't you?
1: He kind of deserves it a little yeah. bit. So, but yeah,
0: there's a, he has a great line like "You're a goddamn vampire." Wait until Mom finds out. <laughs> yeah. It should be noted that Mom is on a date with Max, who works at the video store and wears absurd jackets.
1: Yeah, we need to talk about Max for a minute because yes. Max is great. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I like max a lot
0: he just he's got a uh he's got um, a very jonathan lithgow light feel about him yeah what a I mean, trinity it, it's, killer uh, kind of
1: it's edward herman who the only other thing i've ever seen him in is he was richie rich's dad in the richie rich movie huh. so like he's got that squeaky clean kind of image i'm sure he's been in other more uh adult things but uh, Max comes off as just so likable and so nice in this that you don't even suspect that he might or might not be a vampire. Spoiler alert. So yeah. very in the movie.
0: I know. You're so sort of like, wait, what?
1: But then like, yeah, it peppers in those little details. Like uh, when he comes over to, for, to um, uh, the family's house for dinner, he waits for Michael to invite him into the house.
0: Yes. Which is classic vampire lore.
1: Mm-hmm. Vampires mm-hmm. have to
0: be invited in. So never let anyone in your house.
1: Never, ever let anyone in your house, especially right now. God damn it. Yes.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, man. A, a, a worldwide pandemic is, must be the worst time to be a vampire.
0: I know. So do vampires Ooh. have to wear a mask? Would they wear, wear it to fit in? Although you'd be able to hide your fangs better.
1: That's true. We should That's join true. the Frog Brothers. It'd, it'd be a lot easier. Yeah. So, so hey, hey, Max Brooks, if you're out there listening, we've got an idea for your uh, a World War Z sequel.
0: Yes, let's do it. Good Lord. So, oh. oh.
1: the next song on our soundtrack, uh, what is? It?
0: <laughs> oh, 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 oh,
1: right, right, right. So the dinner scene, the dinner scene where Max comes over for dinner. Sam has brought the Frog Brothers with
0: him. Because <laughs> he always want to bring a Corey Feldman to dinner.
1: Of course. I'm sure he'd have amazing stories. But they test Max to see if he's a vampire. Like, they put uh, uh, garlic flakes on his food. And when that doesn't work, they, they spill holy water on him.
0: <laughs> Which I like the subversion of those tropes. yeah how it's it's, cl-
1: it's clever and then they find a, an out for it later in the movie too yes which okay. is great um but then the next scene after this david and his gang take michael to feed on a bunch of punks at a bonfire
0: and apparently they're supposed to be like nazi punks they call them oh. surf nazis in the credits
1: i didn't notice that
0: yes so I'm. Um...
1: Oh, so these are good vampires then.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, wait, hold on. And they're also it's weird though because they are listening to Run DMC's cover of Aerosmith's Walk This Way, which is not on the soundtrack.
1: No, but it also, you know, if we're talking about under the covers, there you go.
0: Yes. Um and they're sort of like moshing in the most douchebag fashion. And it's just one of those like, I don't want to use the word hero. <laughs> yeah. But like what, because, uh, wait, I thought we were supposed to hero? not like the vampires. Now we like them. Right. and i kind of love that michael seems surprised by all of this like didn't you try to like eat your brother
1: yeah just like oh no they're
0: vampires like what was your first clue buddy
1: don't you remember that whole night thing where you were hanging out with the vampires and you were flying
0: yeah like really again he is the dumbest motherfucker
1: He's such an idiot. Especially, like, in that one scene before the big dinner where he's, like, flying, at, it's out of control, and he has to, like, get Sam to, like, tether into the house. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. Michael sucks.
0: <laughs> Michael does suck. I mean, not... I, But I'm... Sh-
1: <laughs> Damn it.
0: He doesn't, though.
1: <laughs> he does, and he doesn't.
0: Yes. So, um. Uh, he comes home, and Sam is inexplicably wearing a born to shop t- shirt
1: does that mean something what is that
0: just that he's i just don't you don't picture a boy wearing a and again not judging anyone's preferences um uh, it just doesn't seem like something a boy in the eighties would wear like a okay. ostensibly straight male
1: oh, okay see i thought that was it must have been like a reference to, to something or a, the name of no. something i didn't i didn't know no. Well, in Um, that case, you know, this is a movie all about upending gender norms, I guess.
0: Yes. So uh, there we go. But um, he goes and sees Star and he tells her that it wasn't wine that he drank. It was blood. Michael, again, she literally told you that. She stood behind your shoulder and was like, don't drink that. It's blood. And you're like, whatever. (laughs) And now you're like explaining it to her. Like, she knows, buddy. Because she's a vampire.
1: Right. She's knows all about this.
0: <laughs> yeah, she's she's got a boo. Um, and it turns out she was supposed to kill him. And there's I guess there's kind of like a metaphor there for like losing one's virginity. Because mm-hmm. he was supposed to be her first that she become a full vampire. And uh, but she uh-huh. like just couldn't because he's probably she felt sorry for him because he's too stupid.
1: Yeah, that's true. You don't want to take advantage of a guy like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, but could she? Because if he was now a vampire, would he count as her first kill?
1: Yeah, I guess that kind of negates it at that point, doesn't it? Yeah. She missed her chance, but they still had sex anyway. So
0: Yeah, of course.
1: And we get Cry Little Children a third time on the yes. soundtrack.
0: Yes, we do. <laughs> We're just not going to let that one go. Nope. So, now the Frog Brothers uh, and Michael and Sam... They decide they have to go kill all the vampires. Yeah. If you kill the head vampire, then they can save Michael, which is not- just some weird logic that I don't really buy. That's movie logic.
1: Yeah, it's movie. It's the same movie logic as oh, if you kill the first zombie, everybody else, everybody who he bites stops being a zombie. Like, uh, okay, yeah, whatever.
0: that's how it works. But we're three quarters of the way through the movie, so we've got to wrap it up. Yeah, um, and we actually don't have any music. From here on out until we hit the credits.
1: Yeah, there's there's like maybe there's one more good music cue. Until yes, the end the, the that's
0: right. Um, so they go into the cave where they are all hanging from the ceiling and they cruelly stake Bill S. Preston Esquire.
1: R.I.P. Bill S. Preston Esquire. And he like they stake him. And then his blood shoots, you know, everywhere all over him. And then when they get into the daylight, you can see the blood is all is shimmery and has glitter in it.
0: Yes. Uh so Joel Schumacher invented the glitter vampire trope.
1: Yes. Yes, he he absolutely did. Mm-hmm. I think it's that's that's a nice touch. That's a really yeah. like un I don't know. I don't know what the right word for it is. It's a very unexpected. It's a very unexpected touch, but I appreciate it.
0: Yes, you know? and also um I kind of like, then, that Twilight paid homage to it.
1: Yeah, and I, I didn't realize that that's what that was at the time. Yeah. I just thought, oh, glittery vampires, whatever. No, it comes from this.
0: Yeah. So, th- again, like, this movie, for as much as we're kind of riffing on it in its delightful 80s-ness, it was extremely influential in the genre. Like, yeah. It, it firmly takes its place.
1: This Yeah, this really is, to vampires, what Return of the Living Dead is to zombies.
0: Yeah. so it. Like, it Updated yeah. kind of a, a forgotten, tired uh trope and, and brought it into the 80s. And without like creating something new, because a lot of it's taken obviously from Peter Pan, since it's Peter oh, Pan yeah. Vampires, it's obviously, where the Lost yeah. Boys get their name. Um, but you know, creating they, it wasn't just 80s Dracula.
1: Right. And they, it easily could have been.
0: Yeah, and they they added some new lore. Two vampires the glitter, I uh, the the worms and the maggots. You know. So there we go. Yep, yep. So yes, yeah, so they they But the yeah. The vampires are still alive, so they didn't get the head vampire. So they go and fortify the house.
1: They fortify grandpa's house ready for an invasion because they know it's coming.
0: Yes, and they've saved um Star and the Child Vampire.
1: Yes, and they've brought them back to the house. And uh, David and his gang, sure enough, do arrive, and they they siege they besiege the house, and uh, one by one they slowly start to destroy the vampires. Yes, in, there's a, in s- some very fun ways.
0: Yeah, and there's a great montage as they're you know preparing. They go into a church and like there's a baptism going on, and they just start <laughs> yeah. filling up their canteens with holy water, mm-hmm. which is hysterical. So <laughs> it's a it's a great montage scene, and honestly, I'm surprised it wasn't set to like a cool song
1: yeah and we even we even had a couple more cool songs in the soundtrack that we're not we're not maybe not gonna get to but Um, uh you could could use those you know
0: yeah exactly um and i couldn't find where it was in the film um but there's a a song on here uh called beauty has her way yeah by the band mummy calls and it's like, for starters, hello. This is about vampires, not mummies.
1: Yeah, really. Get the memo. Get with it.
0: And I, this is uh, my favorite song on the album because it sounds exactly like what a band called Mummy, uh, Mummy calls would sound like. It's got these like Windham <laughs> Hill keyboards, and these British accents. And here's the thing, though, their associated acts is a band called It Bites, and I want to ask, <laughs> why weren't they on the soundtrack?
1: Yeah, really. That's so, perfect.
0: I know. That's, that is a great, great, great song. And they have a song called Calling All the Heroes. That would have been perfect for this scene.
1: Mm, yeah. So. But see, that also makes me think, if you've got a band called Mummy Calls, and they're associated with a band called It Bites... You might as well have a you know another association with like a werewolf themed band and a Frankenstein themed band. This and
0: is the this is the Universal Monsters dark universe that we deserve.
1: You you might as well have just done your own monster bash right then and there. But no, I know that's too clever. I know that's we too never,
0: clever. We don't deserve nice things.
1: <laughs> we don't deserve nice things. No, <laughs> I do love the one kill in the film where. Um, they lure a vampire to a bathtub full of garlic knots in a, in a tub of water. Uh, he looks at it and he goes, oh, you idiots, that doesn't work. Garlic doesn't work. And then the dog shows up and knocks him in. And oh, surprise, surprise, it's actually holy water.
0: Yeah, it's like, Calgon, take me to death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. Um, yeah, they kill the Val Kilmer looking uh, vampire. I don't even know any of their names.
1: No, I don't. It's um, David David and
0: David and Bill S. Preston Esquire. Right. Um and is that that um I believe that is uh laying down the law. Is it not where he slams him into the stereo?
1: I think it's good times again. Is
0: it good times again?
1: Yeah. No. I, I checked it. It's definitely good times.
0: Oh, okay. So kind of <laughs> love it.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Sam shoots the vampire with, with an arrow, which, you know, tethers him to the stereo, which blasts it, blasts out the song, and uh, Sam, says, Sam calls it death by stereo.
0: Yeah, Sam, no. That's not as funny as my Calgon take me to death joke. <laughs> <laughs> but let's be real. Yeah, and then uh, there's a fight with Michael and David. It's the only mm-hmm. time you actually see the two of them airborne. Uh, everything else is shot first person when they're flying, to save on um, yeah. It's a lot of, it's, high wires. It's a lot of,
1: yeah, it's a lot of first person shots, and then a lot of reactions to <laughs> whatever's yeah. going on. So there's it's a very honestly, it's a very poorly poorly filmed scene. <laughs> Yeah. It's not blocked out very well. No, but you get the idea. And Michael and David, they're fighting in grandpa's uh taxidermy room where it's just like full of like deer antlers and horns, and you're like, Oh, who's gonna stake who first?
0: Yep. And it's David, and actually my husband pointed this out. David looks at peace when he's finally yeah, he, staked.
1: He, he kind of does.
0: Yeah. So who knows how long he's been a vampire, but you know, the the curse of the vampire is, is gone from David at least.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, for for the horror movie nerds out there, this is kind of reminiscent of a very similar kill in Silent Night Deadly Night, where the killer takes a woman, picks her up, and like impales her on two deer antlers that are on the wall. Gross. Which is extremely gross, but you know there it is.
0: Uh, so uh, one more taxidermy story from yeah. me. Uh, my best friend Heather was shooting a book trailer for Amber Benson's The Witches of Echo Park which you can find on YouTube. It's awesome. Look up, yeah, just the Witches of Echo Park book uh, book trailer. And she needed a deer mask. And my husband is a mask maker among his many, many, many other talents. And so she asked him to do it. So he's like, okay. So he ordered, it's called a deer cape and it's the face with the horns. Okay. And it came packed in sawdust. And he's like, well, I have to get the sawdust out. So my husband, who I love, Took this deer face, no eyes, but like a mouth and a face by the horns, went outside in front of our apartment, which on that time was on Chestnut Street, which is a very well-traveled thoroughfare, and is outside waving this deer cape around, like trying to get the sawdust out, like waving it by the sort of like back flap of deer skin, Just waving Ooh. this well-antlered deer face in front of traffic. <laughs> <laughs> this is the shit I put up with. So no, I love it. Um, and that thing was in our house for a while, and it creeps the fuck out of me. Oh but it, he made a beautiful, beautiful mask. You can see it in the trailer. My friend Thor had to wear it, which made him very uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> and he's actually used it in a couple haunted houses he's built. And uh, Heather and I used it when we did a record Saturday uh, of uh, Delane's album. Oh, yes, yeah, nice. so you could you could see the deer face. I'll post some photos
1: yeah we need to, we need to see that deer face
0: yes <laughs> but um then you know they're not they haven't killed the head vampire and they're like i don't feel any different and you're like michael you wouldn't even know you're a fucking dum-dum and then yeah. max comes in because guess what max is the head vampire
1: of course he's the head vampire <laughs> oh uh i forgot we forgot to mention this max is runs the video store
0: oh yeah
1: and he gives uh he gives Michael and Sam's mom a job at said video store.
0: Yes. And that is a cool video store. It's got, like, all the big VHS clamshell. Do you remember the... You could see them kind of in the background. The clamshells, they'd be for, like, old, like, 1960s movies. Yeah. where I, I, remember, I miss those. you had... It was oversized, for starters. And you'd have a very small, like, picture still from the movie. But then the rest of it would be, like, orange. Like orange Stripe. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: you see a couple of those in the background. I remember those distinctly. Um,
1: that re- that reminds me. I I had a, a a a walk down memory lane this weekend. I went to a, a goodwill here in town, and I, it occurred to me that the goodwill had had once been a video store. <gasps> and I and I suddenly remembered this, and I remember it was a Hollywood video, and it, it like it was built in the mid nineties, and it had like two walls, and on both walls, it each one had. Like a movie poster from ceiling to floor, huge, like painted cool. on the wall. And on one side it was Toy Story, on the other side it was Batman Forever. That was my favorite video store in town. Wow. <laughs> I just loved looking at that thing. I just, it, I.
0: I wonder, it's got to still be under there.
1: It must. Like they must have just painted over it. I might have to go back in there and just like chip away with my thumb and see.
0: See if see if we can still see a little bit of Jim Carrey. <laughs>
1: Okay, or chip away enough that it's just jim carrey poking out. <laughs> just his
0: face <laughs> that would be the best i oh, uh, actually i think part of the reason i probably never saw the lost boys was this seems like it would have been stolen from the video store
1: mm, i can so see that
0: i think that is probably why i didn't see it my husband has it on dvd he actually really likes this movie so yes
1: and you know it's it's fun enough for what it is. I just kind of wish it had been more of what yeah. it is, You know, I, I wish it had gotten more, further in sort of the um, the the quote unquote love story between Michael and David. I wish we had gotten a little bit more of the Frog Brothers. It's it just wasn't enough for me.
0: Yeah. Well, let's finish finish it off and talk about yeah. a couple other songs that we left off. Um, so, Michael, or sorry, Max. The whole reason he was dating their mom was because he thought, he said, well, boys need a mother, which is, again, some Reagan-era bullshit. Ugh,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, um, <laughs> But he wanted to make, like, one big happy family. And again, like, the family, it, it comes down to the family that Michael chooses, the vampires, or the family he has. So Sam and his mom is torn between that choice. And I'm, I'm not the first person to come up, up with that. Um there's actually a really, really great uh article in the Atlantic called The Lost Boys Subtly Radical Vision of Family. And uh we'll link to that in the show notes. Yes. But also when you think about like the frog brothers, so these bonds of kinship, uh, you know, they're not the frog friends, they're they're brothers. They have they mirror what Michael and Sam realize they want that companionship there yes yes um so uh grandpa backs into the house Mm -hmm, puts a mm -hmm. stake through uh max's heart and max explodes in the fireplace
1: of course saves the day michael is cured of his vampirism and everything is great again
0: and dad says, one thing about living in Santa Carla, I never could stomach
1: all the damn vampires.
0: You know, he probably should have mentioned the vampires earlier.
1: He knew the whole time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, and if this,
1: if this had been a different movie, like grandpa would have been one of the frog brothers, like yeah. training the kids to fight vampires.
0: Yeah, exactly. So this movie didn't make enough good choices.
1: It didn't. We there should are some, redo the but...
0: Lost The Lost Boys and make it awesome. And yes. Keeper Sutherland can play Max.
1: Ooh, that's that's really good, actually. Yeah, I know. I'm ready for that. Yeah, let's do it. It's like when they remade Flatliners, but then the Keeper Sutherland kinda sorta was played the same character, but they didn't actually say so. Hmm. Sort of like that.
0: Yeah. So Um
1: so then over the end credits we get two songs. Uh we get the a reprise of uh People Are Strange, mm-hmm. which is is a, is a good way to like of end the movie and get you into the credits yes but then like after that deep into the credits we get a really strange cover song it's roger daltrey covering elton john's don't let the sun go down on me
0: it's inexplicable
1: i don't know why it exists but before we even talk about it let's play a clip yeah
0: I do Ugh. not I don't and I love Roger Daltry and I love The Who and I love uh, Elton John
1: yeah like two two great flavors how could you go wrong well as I I read in my notes it turns out the late 80s are not the early 70s
0: they are not and especially because the best version of Don't Let the Sun Go Down On Me features George Michael and like how are you gonna top that voice
1: really yeah
0: that's the definitive version and Roger Daltry is amazing This just is it's not in his range. So you just end up with a again, like people are strange, like this kind of karaoke cover that Mm -hmm. just doesn't have any like real flavor. And I'm just I'm not sure why they thought Roger Daltrey over someone I guess at that point, George Michael was contemporary. Oh yeah. So why why go backwards?
1: I don't know. Yeah, like why why go with a classic rock Uh, vibe for why not do something more contemporary yeah and also you know roger daltrey is he's so distinct and he's so his personality is so unique that like it just doesn't click with the vibe of this movie to me
0: no it's it's like cool um is that supposed to appeal is that like a final cry to dads like be in your children's lives here's some dad rock for you don't worry we ungate it
1: I mean, I hate to say it, but you might be right.
0: I don't know. So, because again, like you've got two proud, and wonderful gay men singing Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me in a movie yeah. with great underlying themes of homosexuality. And you give it to Roger Daltrey. I just, I just, not really sure what that choice was.
1: Yeah. And I guess the only reason. Uh, that they chose the song was because the title's kind of a pun when you make it about vampires.
0: Yeah, but I mean, there's just, you could go with Don't Let the Sun Catch You Crying. Yeah. That would be a great one. I'd love to hear like a glam rock cover of that. I have a great version of Alex Chilton doing that. It just rocks my world.
1: <laughs> it, it, it could be a lot worse. They could have gotten Roger Deltry to record a very inappropriate cover of You Are My Sunshine.
0: See, that would probably rule.
1: It would have been funny, but it wouldn't really have fit. Yeah, I would be. We would be laughing at it right now. Yes,
0: we would. Instead and, of just being confused.
1: Instead of being confused and like, huh? Really? Yeah. And also, they recorded it for this movie.
0: I know. I just. I... That's
1: the baffling part.
0: Yeah this this movie makes a lot of really baffling choices.
1: Mm-hmm. Up to and including uh, the soundtrack, which I guess now is the time we have to we have to discuss that. How does the Lost Boys soundtrack? work as a soundtrack.
0: I wish I discovered it sooner. Mm-hmm. Like I wish that this had been something I listened to in my formative years. Because I think I'd appreciate it more. Uh, but as it is, seeing it in my 30s, it just doesn't There are, are a couple good tracks. We didn't even talk about uh In Excess and Jimmy Barnes doing Laying Down the Law, which is the better in Excess song. Agreed. Oh uh, I yeah. but
1: we didn't talk about Power Play by Eddie and the Tide.
0: I've already forgotten that one. Yeah, to.
1: that one went in one ear and out the other. And that's literally the only note I wrote about
0: it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this one, I guess, growing up, I think I thought The Lost Boys was a lot darker than it was. And I think yeah. I always expected The Lost Boys soundtrack would be like The Cure and The Cult and The Sisters of Mercy, like that it would be like goth and awesome. And really, uh, yeah. with the exception of uh, Echo and the Bunnymen, you don't get a lot of, like, the the standard bearers of the goth movement, which I get, but also seems like a little bit of a waste to not use some of those guys.
1: Yeah, and the only two songs that really tap into that energy on the centric are, you know, the Lou Graham, Lost in the Shadows kind of fits. Yeah. The Cry Little Sister, it works in the movie, but it's otherwise whatever
0: yeah and i mean that's every, a goth standard at this point yeah but, I, but
1: every well because of the and it's because of this movie yes but everything else it's i don't know it does it's it's nothing
0: i know and I, well, <laughs> it kind of falls into that bill and ted trap a little bit so we're just like oh, i just i i don't i don't understand and this is purely a generational thing i don't understand why this soundtrack is so beloved there's a lot of good stuff on it but not not in the way i think i would have thought it's yeah. it's not how i would have would have put it but again you know we're we're not here to say well i would have done this differently we're here to right. you know analyze and, and critique so it's like
1: what it is I, I think part of what misses us about it is that the 80s nostalgia train kind of sort of missed this movie yeah like it it, it Went a different direction than this movie and this soundtrack went to the point where, you know, people nowadays, you know, they'll, they'll say, oh, yeah, I love 80s movies like The Lost Boys. But then you don't hear it. You don't have. I, I did not know until this week that Roger Daltrey covered Elton John for this movie.
0: Yeah. Like, like that's you,
1: new information for me.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's it's got a cult affection. As you said, it's kind of um, uh, Goonies for your teenage brother. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not the soundtrack. I'm not really sure uh works in in all the places it needed to work right so
1: and it's as far as like a, being an 80s vampire movie goes it's it's okay
0: yeah it's and it, and I think you know unfortunately you and I came to it kind of too late
1: I I wish we had I wish we had done this podcast 10 years ago honestly
0: yeah I mean I wish I'd seen this like and I think I probably would have dug this a lot as a teen yeah because I was I was a goth um so I think I would have this would have been right up my alley but alas yeah it was one of the blind spots i mean hell i just saw jaws this weekend like for the first time so
1: <laughs> yeah i, and I mean spots. you know that's part of what is fun about this podcast is is discovering some of those classics that we just have never gotten to yet yeah So, and sometimes they're hits and sometimes they're misses and this one kind of falls right in between
0: yeah so if you love it great uh if you've never seen it you're not so much
1: yeah really
0: so Oh, I'm, I'm surprised there are more BuzzFeed listicles, though, about the Lost Boys. Like, which Lost Boy are you?
1: I'm Alex Winter. I have one thing to say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm Star, because I'm always trying to explain shit to men that they need to know, and then they're like, why didn't you tell me? Like, well, tell me I did.
1: <laughs> why wasn't I listening to you? <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. With your lady know. face. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: the worst thing you can say to a man. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy so hey libby yes what are we doing next time on the show
0: so next week we're gonna hop back to the 90s with 1990s dick tracy ost there are actually three dick tracy albums we'll be talking about the movie soundtrack not the danny elfman score not the madonna album i'm breathless so we've got some great stuff from katie lang uh we've got ice tea august darnell patty austin it's erasure wow. brenda lee jerry lee lewis it's it is a act soundtrack
1: holy moly that is that's a crazy lineup it's, i'm it's ready for
0: be great. it i know i'm really excited i haven't seen dick tracy in probably 15 years
1: yeah i think i haven't seen it since my parents took me to see it in the theater I, might, yeah. I must have been four or five at the time Sorry. wildly inappropriate
0: yep i yeah i didn't see it in the theater but um it's a i don't remember how well the movie holds up but it, it's a phenomenal soundtrack i think you're gonna really really like it I can't wait. So, all right, Joe, where can they find you?
1: Our listeners can find me on the internet at uh, cordial Wombat on Twitter, or you can listen to me on the Christmas creeps podcast at Christmas creeps. This week we have released our 100th episode where we discuss the movie elf in great detail,
0: <laughs>
1: by which I mean, we spend two hours talking about everything, but the movie elf.
0: Did you figure out if you could vulcanize my tires while I wait? <sighs>
1: We get into that. <laughs> Lippy. where can our listeners find you?
0: You can find me on Twitter at Libby Codemore. You can find me on Instagram at record underscore Saturday. You can listen to me over at the Shattered Shield podcast, where we are still talking about season five.
1: Very good. Or- and you can also find us on Twitter at OST party or email us anything you'd like questions, comments, recommendations for episodes. We may or may not ever get to. At ostpartypod at gmail.com and uh, like we always uh, impress upon you, please tell a friend about this show.
0: Yeah, we love doing tell, it. Tell a friend, a, tell a blood enemy, tell your vampire friend, whatever. Yeah.
1: Put the name of our our show into a bottle and throw it into the sea.
0: <laughs> All right. Every little
1: every little bit helps. Yes so, indeed. For the OST Party, I'm Joseph Wade.
0: And I'm Libby Cudmore.
1: Buy the ticket.
0: Take the ride. Lights down.